I'm going to try not to edit this too much. I want it to feel like a real authentic conversation. So I'm going to try not to say um or uh or like or I'm like I'm not I'm going to try not to stutter. We'll see how that goes. It's already off to a hot start. Okay. I think I need a theme song. For now, I'm just going to put royalty-free music at the beginning to be like, hey, the show's starting. But I think in the future, I'd like a real theme song. I don't know. Like, I'm not a musically talented person. I can't sing. I can't play instruments. I can't write music or anything. But I don't know. If I were just brainstorming, just to think of something off the top of my head, I'd do something like... Um, Sam splaining science time. Sam splaining science. Sam, 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 Sam. You know, that's just like out of thin air, right? Right off the top of the dome. Uh, that might sound familiar, but no, it doesn't. It might sound like something you've heard in on TV in the 90s. No, it doesn't. Do you think Bill would mind? I feel like Bill wouldn't mind, but Bill's people would mind. I don't know. Anyway, let's get to the show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the first official episode of Sam Splaining Science. I am Sam. I'm your host. And today we're going to be talking about the science of setting goals. Goal setting research is a very common field in social sciences and behavioral sciences which are two things that I know a lot about because I am definitely someone who knows how to behave socially. No, sarcasm. Um, <laughs> no, but for the record, my training has been more focused in biological sciences and physical sciences, so this type of research is quite a bit outside of my comfort zone. Um, but we live to learn, so let's learn. And I really hope you can't hear the sirens outside my window right now. I live in a city, and uh, you know what? I think it's just inevitable that you're going to hear that. So let's just appreciate it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, also, hi. Um, happy 2022. It's here. Part of the reason I wanted this first episode to be about goals was because I knew that it was going to get released in the new year, and the new year is just... A poetically beautiful time to start new goals right it's a clean slate it's a fresh start it's a blank page it's a new planner new planner I love my planner this is actually an old one because it's November when I'm recording this but come January I'm going to get a new planner because a bitch loves a new planner um, but yeah the new year is a great time to try something new, to set a new goal for yourself. But if you're anything like me, uh, oftentimes, no us. If you're anything like me, oftentimes, your resolutions and goals don't really work out. So today's episode, we're going to look to the science to see what's been established about goal setting and what is the best way that we can set out to achieve our goals. FYI for this episode and for all future episodes, Siren, 
Is my building on fire? What's happening? Okay. FYI, for this episode and for all future episodes, the studies that I highlight that I talk about will be in the description. If you want to take a closer look at the sources yourselves, if you want to fact check me, that's always good. Uh, I encourage you to do so through the links. Um, in no ums, Sam, come on, just be silent. Don't say anything. You don't have to say um, just say nothing. In my literature searches for this episode, I found a ton of work that investigates and applies something called goal theory. And initially, I wanted to read one of these papers, read one of these, uh, you know, peer-reviewed studies, and talk about it, Sam explain it, if you will. Um, this is going to be tough, and I'm very sorry. Did I apologize yet for it? Because I'm sorry. It's going to be a work in progress. I wanted to read and explain one of these studies, but I realized that I don't know what goal setting theory even is. So I figured I would start with just learning about goal theory and what it is and what it means and how we can apply it. There was a, uh, now that I'm just hyper fixating on the uhs and the ums, I'm not gonna ever finish this episode. Goal theory is a theory that was developed and described by Edwin A. Locke and Gary P. Latham in the 90s. And in describing goal theory, there are a few different few different ways to collect data in social sciences, right? So one is in a laboratory setting where people sign up to be research subjects and they come to a laboratory, which is basically a controlled setting, right? A controlled environment, and they'll either complete tasks or fill out surveys or questionnaires or do tests in this controlled environment, the laboratory setting. Another way to collect data is in a field setting. And this is very common, I think, in, in social sciences where basically researchers will observe people uh, who are at work, who are at school, who are just in their natural environments, in their natural habitats, and the researchers will observe how people act, how they interact, and collect data that way. So in a 2006 publication titled New Directions in Goal Setting Theory, which is the study I linked below, Locke and Latham summarized some of these findings from lab studies and from field studies. And they specifically highlight the relationship between goal and the performance towards the goal. They start off by talking a lot about sort of the background of goal setting theory or goal theory. And there were a few things that I found kind of interesting um, that maybe you were like, this is not interesting, but too bad. I thought it was. Um, for example, the they explained that the difficulty of goals is related to how likely we are to achieve them. And when I first read that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because if a goal is really hard, uh, I probably won't be able to achieve it. But actually, it's the opposite. They say that when a person is committed to a goal, when a person has the ability to attain that goal, and when a person has no other goals that would either counteract or conflict with a given goal, 
there is a positive linear relationship between goal difficulty and, and goal performance. So in other words, the tougher the goal, the better the performance, which I was like, huh, I was not expecting that. This is a plot twist. But I guess that, you know, that's why I'm not a social scientist. That's why I'm not an expert, because I would have guessed the opposite. Um, they also describe that or explain that in studies like these sort of goal theory studies, uh, performance, there are a lot of factors that affect performance. Performance is noted to be a function of, for example, a person's ability and a person's motivation, right? I can be motivated to do something, but if I'm not able to do it, it won't get done. I won't perform it, right? And the other way, I can have the ability to do something, but if I'm not motivated to do it, it won't get done either. So understanding that there are a lot of factors that affect different measures or different variables in goal theory research. The cited article also discusses things that moderate goal setting and how we set goals for ourselves. This includes things like situational constraints, right? When we're setting a goal for ourselves, we need to consider what our situation is right now. Do I have the time? Do I have the brain space? Do I have the financial ability to start working towards a new goal right now? That's like a question that you should be asking yourself as you're setting a new goal. Another uh, moderator of goal setting is task complexity. We should consider that tasks that we need to do to complete this goal uh, will affect our ability to attain that goal. So harder tasks will take longer. They will likely take more effort uh, to learn or to prepare for. And these are things that we need to consider when we're thinking about setting a new goal for ourselves. Another is feedback. And I think feedback is one that we're going to be talking about throughout the episode because it is very important when it comes to uh, goal setting, working towards achieving a goal. Um, feedback will tell us whether we're getting closer to the finish line or whether maybe we're on the right track, we're almost there, or if we've deviated from the initial trajectory towards the goal. Um, or like if anything is holding us back, right? Getting feedback as we work towards a goal will help us understand where we're at and how far we have left to go. It'll motivate us, it'll organize our thoughts, it'll give us an idea of what we've accomplished and what we still have left to accomplish and how we can improve. Um, and then another moderator of goal setting is commitment, commitment to the goal. And this is something that will depend on you, right? And your priorities, your confidence in completing the goal. There are a lot of things that might impact your commitment to this goal. So when starting to plan a goal or starting to make a goal, you should consider whether it matches your priorities and whether you feel like you were able to do this goal or achieve this goal. So these are all factors that come into play when we consider moderators of goal setting. The review article by Locke and Latham that I have linked here um, summarizes some recent, well, 
recent at the time of publication. It was published in 2006. Um, but recent developments in goal theory, where they review studies that have looked into uh, what factors affect goal setting and goal performance. The paper outlines eight total topics, but for the purposes of this episode, we're just going to be talking about three of them uh, for time's sake and for simplicity. Um, not really like it's a me problem, right? For simplicity, for my smooth brain. I need to, to keep things simple, especially when I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, but we'll cover three example topics that, that Locke and Latham outline in their paper, and then we'll talk about how we can implement these ideas when we set goals for ourselves, which we probably, possibly might be doing this week. So the first one that they describe, they call goal choice. Here they summarize work by Donovan and Williams, which was published in 2003, where Donovan and Williams evaluated goals of track and field athletes. Here athletes were made, uh, were asked to make two different types of goals. So one goal uh, was more long-term and they set a goal for the overall track and field season. And then another type of goal was a short-term goal for the next competition. And these goals were created uh, to push the athletes, of course, right? That's why we all make goals, right? To push ourselves, to increase our performance. So they were set so that uh, the goals were better than their personal bests, um, which, again, makes sense. I think the article described it as a discrepancy, a goal discrepancy, something like that. Anyway, as the athletes went through the season, the researchers saw that when the athletes felt like they were not performing on pace for their particular goal, um, the long-term goals, so the goals for the entire season, were adjusted and lowered. But their short-term goals, like the goals for the next competition, what they want to achieve the next time they go out, were made to be more ambitious, possibly because they wanted to make up for the fact that they weren't progressing as they'd hoped during the season. So in other words, maybe what they felt was subpar performance made them feel like their overall season goals would not be achieved. They wouldn't pan out the way they wanted them to. So they lowered the bar. But this lowering of the bar motivated them to aim higher for their next competition. That's kind of how, that's what I got from it. So what does this mean for us, for our goals, right? And this idea of goal choice, right? We can decide whether we want goal choice to be, you know, a short term, shorter term goal or a longer term goal. What I took away from this was that when we plan our goals, I think it's important to do both. The long term and the short term are both very important. Um, it's a very diplomatic answer. It's very um, Switzerland of me to say this, to not choose long-term or short-term. I'm staying in the middle. I'm going to say both. Big picture is important because it helps us frame and motivate us, right? Where do I want to be? What do I want to become? This big picture tells me where I'll end up. That's great. But short-term goals are great because they help us break up the big picture into more digestible pieces, then the big picture doesn't seem so overwhelming. It doesn't seem so scary if we have these short-term goals. 
Um, and also the short-term goals help us really force us to like check in every once in a while and say, like, how are we progressing? Have we achieved the short-term goals that will eventually help us reach the long-term goal? Um, and just importantly, evaluate how we're doing, right? We talked about feedback earlier. This is one example of feedback and how it can help us track the goals that we set for ourselves. So that's the first topic that Latham and Locke talked about, which was goal choice. The second is called learning goals. And this is learning goals as opposed to performance-based goals. So Locke and Latham talked about these learning-based goals, um, and they described it based on a study by Latham and Brown, which I believe was also published around 2006. Um, a learning goal, from my understanding, is when you set a goal to learn something. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's like you, you want to gain a new skill. You want to learn a new subject. You want to get an experience out of this process, right? Whatever you're setting out to do. And this is in contrast to a performance goal where you set out to reach a certain level, right? Or attain a very, like a certain outcome. So Locke and Latham in their review paper that I have linked cited this Latham and Brown study where they summarized that, um, or where they observed that students who were starting their MBA degrees, who had set goals for themselves, uh, found that the students who were setting learning goals as opposed to performance goals had higher grade point averages and higher satisfaction ratings. So in the context of the MBA degree, what is a learning goal? What is a performance goal? A learning goal is someone who's starting their MBA program and they say something like, I want to learn how to network. I, like, I think that's the example that they use in the paper was, I want to learn how to network efficiently or whatever. Um, and the performance goal, the example that they use in the paper was someone who started their MBA and said, I want a 4.0 GPA or I want like some sort of endpoint quantifiable measure, right? They found that the people who had the, the learning goals of learning to network uh, had a better experience than people who were just looking for the endpoint for the GPA. And the authors suggest this might be because learning goals, this is a direct quote, enhance metacognition. Direct quote. Um, I know, shock. Can you believe I didn't come up with the word metacognition? It's not an original idea. I know you might think it was an original idea. It was not. Um, but what I think the authors mean by enhancing metacognition is that the learning goal, there's you like get more out of it. And there's more opportunity to plan, to monitor, to evaluate your progress. There's a lot more thinking and a lot more like step-by-step process that's involved um there's also more, more opportunity for feedback right so what does this mean for our goals now we're going to take this finding that they described and what does it mean for us you're like sam why are you telling me this what's the point the point is the way that i'm interpreting this is that 
if we really want to perform well, if we really want to achieve our goals, we should frame them or think of them in a way um, of like learning things, getting things out of this experience of gaining a skill instead of only focusing on the end point. Similar to like the previous previous section when we talked about goal choice, learning goals, like I mentioned, allow for feedback, more opportunity for feedback, right? If I want to learn networking, there's opportunities to network and then kind of judge myself based on how am I doing, learning how to network. If my only goal is to get a certain GPA, I don't get any feedback on my GPA until I get my GPA. There's no opportunity for feedback if I'm only focusing on the endpoint. So learning goals allow us to restructure so that we have more opportunity for feedback. Um, but yeah, I think overall this section, it's really just like focusing on the journey, not the destination, you know, that sort of thing. So, uh, and this also si- sort of ties into this perspective of like journey, not destination, that mindset uh, ties into the third and final topic we'll cover today, which is framing. So that's the third one that they mention. Here, framing is a concept that kind of defines how we think about and how we approach our goals. What is the context by which you're outlining your goals? And like, what perspective are you looking at the goal chasing process with? Um, Locke and Latham cite a study by Drach, Sahavi, and Erez. Very sorry for the mispronunciation. Um, this study published in 2002, um, and they found that people who framed problems that arose, like new problems, while trying to complete a task as a challenge performed better than people who saw these new problems as a threat. So in other words, when a new problem arose while you're trying to work towards a goal, while you're completing a task, this problem was dealt with better or more efficiently, more more better. I hate words. Um, When people thought of it as a challenge and like oh this is a new experience I'll gain a new skill in in kind of trying to get over this roadblock you know as opposed to someone who saw this roadblock and says okay well this is failure I I can't do this you know it's it's very much a mindset issue um so again like what does this mean how can we apply this framing idea to us and our goals well I think it's just that, right? We need to, when we run into unexpected issues, which will inevitably happen as we're chasing a goal, um, we need to think of it as a new challenge instead of as a failure, right? Thinking of it as a way to gain a new skill or learn something new, going back to learning goals, uh, while you overcome this bump in the road will help us succeed. Right, it'll help us kind of reframe and give us motivation to get through this this challenge. So yeah, the study suggests that mindset perspective play a part in our performance, which in turn helps us achieve our goals. 
So just thinking about these three, like the goal choice, the learning goals, and the framing goals, I feel like we can learn a lot about how we can best set our goals as we're thinking about starting a New Year's resolution. So firstly, having an overarching goal that's broken up into smaller bites, um, that'll allow us to stop and reflect every now and then, and it'll help us if we need to adjust the course as needed. Additionally, we can approach our goals with a good perspective uh, and positive attitude to not just focus on what we will achieve, the end point, but also think about what we're getting out of the journey and what we're uh, experiencing as we go through the journey. And then lastly, when troubles arise, being cognizant of framing the troubles to focus on the potential benefits of the added effort instead of focusing on the drawbacks of the added effort. Don't think of it as a failure because you have to try harder. Think of it as I'm learning something new. I'm gaining something out of this this new challenge. So incorporating all of these things, though not a guarantee, might help our odds at achieving our goals. So those are the three topics that we'll cover today, goal choice, learning goals, and framing. Um, but if you're curious to learn more, I encourage you to check out the reference. Like I said, they outline eight topics. So just three of the eight were mentioned here today. If you're interested in seeing the others, you can go check that out. Um, maybe you'll pick up on something that I missed, or maybe like you have a different perspective from me and you'll be able to get more out of it and kind of continue the conversation. Um, I'd love to hear the thoughts that you have, so please share them with me in the comments or on social media if you feel so inclined. Um, so yeah, that's it for the literature summary today, but um, I also wanted to share something that I found that summarizes this pretty well. Uh, it's a mnemonic acronym thing that's sort of tips for best defining our goals or defining the strongest goals. Um, that I wanted to share today. Um, yeah, when I looked up mnemonic, by the way, I didn't know how to spell it um, because I'm not good at words and I hate them. And I was like, is the mnemonic the word that I'm thinking of? So I was Googling it and I spelled it with a P, like P-N-E-U. But then when I looked that up, it was like of or relating to the lung. And I was like, that's a different word than the word that I'm thinking of. But then I realized it's not a P, it's an M. It's M-N-E-M-O-N-I-C. Stupid word. Anyway, um, so let's start uh, walking through this mnemonic where we can use an example. An example of New Year's resolution uh, and then adjust this New Year's resolution as we learn the tips that the mnemonic will provide us. So let's take an example, New Year's resolution of read more. Read more is always a safe one. Like if someone's starting like small talk with you and they're like, oh, what, you know, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Just say read more. It's very safe. No follow-up questions usually. Just like, oh, good, you know. Um, but don't have that be your New Year's resolution if you actually want to read more. We'll see why right now. Um, <laughs> It's not very, uh, it's not the, the strongest goal, but we can make it stronger if we are SMART. That's the acronym, S-M-A-R-T. 
So we'll go through what each of those means uh, now. So S stands for specific. What do you want to do? We want to read more. That, but it would help us a little bit. It would keep it from being too ambiguous. If we are very specific, what do we want to read? What counts as reading? If I read the newspaper every day, that counts as reading, right? But like, what if I read Twitter? Does Twitter count? Maybe we want to read more novels or read more autobiographies, right? Like we should be specific about the goal that we're setting for ourselves to keep from being ambiguous. That's S, specific. The next one is M, measurable. How, how do you know when you've accomplished your goal, right? Read more is like very relative. It's very soft. I want to read more. Well, how much do you read to begin with? How much do you want to increase by, you know, how many books a month, you know? Putting a number on it and quantifying it will help us track our progress and it'll help us receive feedback. Um, so like maybe I'll read a book and when I finish it, I'll put it in a stack on my bookshelf so that I can see my progress. And that's sort of like feedback to me like, oh, I'm progressing. I'm, I'm doing what I said I was going to do, you know. Um, just quantify it somehow and that'll make it, uh, you know, it'll keep you accountable and it'll make it seem better. Um, that was M, measurable. The next one is A, achievable. So read more is a really difficult goal if I don't know how to read. So make sure that your goal, your resolution is something that's within your power to accomplish. If I can't read, maybe my first goal should be learn how to read. And then my next goal next year, it can say, I want to read 20 autobiographies. Just making sure that whatever you're reaching out to do challenges you, yes, but it's within your power to achieve. So that was A, achievable. The next one is R for realistic. Is your goal realistic? Can you realistically achieve this? And this is sort of similar to achievable, but I think realistic is more about knowing your limits. Um, if I read one book in all of 2021, should I aim to read 50 in 2022? Probably no. I don't think that's very realistic. Consider the time that you have available, the energy that you have available, the amount of motivation that you have for something to realistically devote to this goal, to this resolution. So aim high, of course, challenge yourself, but also be realistic. So that was R, realistic. The last one is T for timely. When or how frequently do you want to achieve this goal? Giving ourselves a time limit can help with motivation. Um, it can help with pacemaking and it can help with feedback. So defining how frequently we wanna do something or when we want something done by can help us uh, work towards this goal in a more defined sense. So considering these uh, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, timely, smart goals, 
Uh, let's rewrite our read more resolution. So when taking into account all of these things, read more becomes, I will read 20 autobiographies by the end of 2022. That pace is like one book every two weeks-ish, over 12 months. So I, I mean, I think that's pretty realistic and achievable for someone who reads sparingly. <laughs> um, but this is just an example. Uh, I don't think it will be my resolution, but it's up for grabs if you want it. Feel free to take it. Um, but I hope that you do take the advice to be smart when making your goals and making your resolutions because um, that will definitely help uh, make it more likely for you to achieve whatever goals you set out to do this year. Um, and then in closing, I just did want to give some sort of non-sciencey motivational advice um, because yes, I am a scientist, firstly and foremostly, um, but I'm also a human being with human experiences as well. Um, is there anything that makes you sound more like a robot than saying, I am a human being? Anyway, um, <laughs> the motivational advice is this. When you're working towards a goal, it's important to have some grace with yourself and understand that um, progress is not linear, right? You will probably fall short. You will probably regress. Um, but that's a part of making progress with yourself, right? Um, the only thing that you can do that will guarantee your failure is if you stop trying. So as long as you keep trying, so as long as you keep trying, the probability for your success is never zero. So don't give up. Keep at it. I'm rooting for you. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something new. If you feel so inclined, please share your thoughts on the show in the comments below, in the uh, podcast reviews. And please connect with me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at SamSplainingSci. That's S-A-M-S-P-L-A-I-N-I-N-G-S-C-I. Um, tell me more about your New Year's resolutions, your upcoming goals for the year. I would love to chat with you about them. I'd love to hear about them. So yeah, please connect with me. And thank you again for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye. I hate the way I said goodbye just now. Bye. But like, goodbye is mad formal. Go you know what goodbye reminds me of? When you're like, remember AOL? When you we signed off of AOL, it was like, goodbye. That's what that reminds me of when I hear goodbye. Farewell? Farewell is mad formal too. I'm like a queen. Farewell. <laughs> about like toodles. Toodles makes me sound like I'm intoxicated. Only intoxicated people say toodles. They're, I've never heard a sober person say toodles. <laughs> I don't know. It's a work in progress. We'll work on it. Bye. No, I didn't like bye. Try it like... <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>